Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Sugarcoated Murder, where we'll discuss and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on. Yep, one of our favorite subjects murder. murder. Oh, and we love to bake. And why not combine our two favorite subjects baking and killers? Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi, guys. <laughs> We're testing out another video. You may or may not ever see this. We don't know. Oh, welcome, welcome to my kitchen. This is Annie's kitchen. Yes, I'm Ann Varner. I'm Karen Devaney, and we're gonna bake for you today and talk about murder. Yes, because we're sisters. Yeah, (laughs) that's what sisters do. That's what we do. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Nothing different. No. So, do you want to know what I'm baking? Yeah, I was thinking, what are you gonna do with all this stuff? What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk in your trunk? No, we're not doing that. So I am today. I'm making chocolate. It's dark chocolate cherry biscotti. Yum! I love biscotti, and I don't make it very often or ever. I was gonna say, have you made it before? I've made it twice. Okay, how did yeah. it turn out? Um, the first time I did it, I did it one time for mom for Mother's Day, and I thought it turned out really well, but I don't really know because I gave it to her. Right. So it could have been horrible, and she was just like, oh, honey, that was so good. <laughs> but um, then I did it again for somebody for Christmas, like my husband's Christmas people one year, long, long time ago. I don't even think you were living in Maryland at the time. Like, mm-hmm. that's how long ago. So, it's been a long time. But I do, I enjoy biscotti, and so I'm going to try my hand at it today. And the cool thing about biscotti is you bake it twice, and that's how it gets dried out. Okay. So, we'll see how it goes. I have to, at one point, I have to knead it, and I'm not a good kneader. (laughs) So, um, I'm hoping that you just won't notice that I'm, like, flubbing that. But, um, yeah. So, never made this before. Hopefully, it turns out well. And if it doesn't, well, we'll tell you what we did wrong. Yeah. Or we'll say stay away from this recipe. I right. think this recipe is going to be good because it's, um, let me see if I can figure out who this is by. It's something about Italian food. Italian food forever. That's yeah. what it's on. So I figure the Italians are the ones that they came up with the whole concept of biscotti. So if it's off their website, it's got to be good. Now the only question is, is the baker good? So she's great. So I'm gonna I'm be back and forth and while Anne's talking and talking to her, but you're gonna see my back a little bit because I don't know how else. We just don't have an open kitchen. So um, this is not a studio kitchen. This is just the kitchen. <laughs> no. That we have. no. And we don't know how to stream cameras a lot. Like I don't know if you've ever watched. Um, shoot, what's her name? The girl that that I watch on TV. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer learns, learns to, cook. to cook. So her husband took. Um, step ladders and put them up in the rafters of this kitchen and then put motion sensor cameras on them so they're all over and then their nanny 
also films them right. while they're doing it. So it's pretty funny because they do it while their child is napping so that the nanny can film them. Yeah. But Smart. they have all different angles. We have one. And we don't have a nanny to film And we us. don't have a nanny and we don't have a studio that's helping us. We just have ourselves and it's just us. And I got to tell you, I'm sure whatever camera angle I'm shooting at. It's the worst. It's the worst one we could probably find. So congratulations. But we are who we are. We are who we are. And we know y'all love us either way. Yeah. So I am going to start on my recipe. I've already got my dry ingredients. It's flour, sugar, bacon soda, and bacon powder. And so I've got that all in here, and it's whisked up in this bowl. You whisked it real good? I whisked it real good. Oh, there you go. And um, in this bowl, I'm going to be putting, I've got my three eggs in here, and I'm going to put some vanilla extract in it, and I'm going to whisk it until it's whisked really well. Then I'm going to combine the, the wet and the dry ingredients, and I'm going to fold in the cherries and the chocolate chips, and then there's the kneading. be doing some kneading. Yeah, I don't know. This is when I wish I had a cat because I could just put the cat up there right. and let the cat just need it. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, what do you have on tap today? I want to talk about a murder. No way. Yeah. I love that. And somehow, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the one I did last time. Yeah. Was in Ohio. I landed back in Ohio. I think you need to plan a vacation in Ohio. No, I don't think so. No, but let me tell you a little backstory on how I even came to do this one. Okay. So over the weekend, um, it was a holiday weekend. It was Happy Labor Day. I uh, had a neighbor, a he or a she, I no, not at liberty to say. Okay. Who left his or her dog out on their porch? Um at nighttime and it was so delightful because at 1 30 in the morning when my medication for sleep finally kicked in <laughs> i was able to then sleep through the barking dog but until then but until then it was a little uh, it was a, a law about murder it was uh yeah so my sister said you need to let the office know about the dog which and i was like yeah i'm totally going to do that and then I turn the TV on, and they've got a show uh, on ID on ID Discovery called "Fear Thy Neighbor." <laughs> it just happened to be on, and I was watching your tracks. this one. And this was about two neighbors that had had an argument, and things did not go well. So I thought, well, I don't think I'm going to complain to the office about that dog at all. I think I'm just going to say, thank God for. Medication to help you sleep <laughs> and move on with that. All right. Yeah. So this is about. Please tell um, me that they don't hurt the dog because I'm gonna be upset. No, there are no animals involved in this at all. Okay. Good. No, okay. it's just the neighbors. Okay, just neighbors. I can handle just neighbors. Neighbors behaving badly. Oh yeah. Right. They do that. So this is about Brett Smith. He was a 34 year old man living alone with his cat Tigger. And they lived in a trailer park in Canton, Ohio. Okay. Brett had some learning disabilities. He also had epilepsy. He was on disability. Um, had lived in that area all his life. Mm -hmm. Graduated from the local high school. Um, was quiet, kind of kept to himself, but also very friendly. You know, he would hang out and talk to some of his neighbors sometimes. But the big shining spot in his life was his four-year-old niece. He Aww, adored her. That's so sweet. And on Saturdays, he would pick her up and take her to McDonald's. 
and they would have a play date at McDonald's just to two of them. And then if she was visiting with his mom or something, he would go over and have dinner with them. And he just really loved that little girl. That's adorable. Yeah, very sweet. Um, So I guess about July, June or July of 2008, Uh somebody moves into the trailer right next to Brett's. Uh His name is William Perry. And... He was an ex-Marine turned hairdresser. Oh, that's got his, his cosmetology yeah. license. And at the time, he was actually giving free haircuts to vets oh. um, that couldn't afford yeah. haircuts. So awesome. he was doing that. Oh, he served during Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, so there was Desert Storm and then there was Desert Shield. Mm-hmm. He was there for both. Okay. He was divorced. He had three kids that lived with their mother, but they did visit with him on occasion. Okay. And Brett and William didn't have a whole lot in common, but they became friends because they were both renovating their trailers. Oh, okay. Nice. Brett was working really hard to renovate his bathroom, and William was just trying to get his place spiffy for when his kids came to visit. Okay. So, but what started out as a friendship between the neighbors, um, started turning sour within just a few months. Oh, gosh. That's not good. Right. William would get really jealous when he saw Brett's family come over and help him out with renovations, or there was like a birthday celebration. His parents came over with presents, and it just pissed William off for whatever reason. Green with envy, I guess. Okay. Um, William also was the type that enjoyed... Some beverages, adult beverages. Okay, so he, he liked to get his drink on. He liked to get his drink on, but after, you know, and I've had friends like this before, it, they kind of get to a point, and all of a sudden that funny, ha laugh, relax, we're drinking buddies. Somebody just drinks one more drink, and then they become a whole different person. Yeah, it's They're just that mean and rageful and angry, and then you don't want to be around them anymore. Yeah. So. People were always had their guard up around him, knowing that, you know, okay, he's on his fourth beer or whatever. I think I'm going to go home. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. But there was some jealousy going back and forth. Well, Brett wasn't jealous of William, but anyway. Uh, during a verbal argument, William actually started punching and hitting Brett. No way. And um, after Brett left, no, after William left, Brett went to a neighbor's house and asked if he could borrow their phone and called the police and said that his neighbor had come in and Aww. tried to beat him up. The police came out to investigate, but no charges were filed because it's, that's just not, it's a he said, she said kind of neighbor disagreement, oh, right? Wow. Um, and after that, Brett, whenever Brett would be outside and then William would come outside, Brett would go back inside. He just didn't want anything to do with him after that. He was like, no. No, thank you. So, that was on September, well, that was early September. On September 30th, 2008, Brett called the police and told them that somebody had smashed his electrical box and that he thought it was his neighbor because they had had an incident where um, somebody had filed a noise complaint against William. Oh, it's on the side. Did that help? 
Um, I love it when people who only use iPhones try to use a droid. It's like they're using something that they've never seen before. In their I, I, don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so anyway, the police come out. They do an investigation. They collect their evidence and they leave. But no arrest is made. So on October 4th, Brett gets up. He goes and meets his mom. They do some shopping at Walmart. Um, Brett says, ask his mom, you know, what time is supper? And they had made a plan for him to go to her house around 6.30 that evening for supper. Mm -hmm. But 6.30 came or, and went. Well, actually, I think they were meeting maybe like 4.30. He was going to go around 4.30 because at 6.30, his mom was worried. He wasn't answering his phone. Um, and that was really unlike him. So yeah. she decides she's going to drive over and investigate, see what's going on. So she gets there, and she sees that Brett's car is in the driveway. And, of course, she, you know, he's epileptic, and she's thinking, my God, she's you know, what if he's had a seizure? And yeah. she goes up, and she tries to open his door, but it won't open. Oh. Um, and she's standing there trying to kind of get into the door. She can smell smoke. Oh. Um, and she's yelling for Brett, and there's no answer. So she runs How next crazy. door. Um, he... One of Brett's friends from high school, Chris, was next door okay. on the other side, not where William was, but on the other side. So she runs over and she says, Chris, I'm worried about Brett. He didn't show up for dinner and he didn't answer in his phone. He didn't answer when I knock on the door. His car is here and I really think something's wrong. So uh, Chris grabs a crowbar that he had and he goes over and they they're able to pry open the door. Yeah. So they walk in, and immediately that smoky smell hits them, but it's like a, a really funky, weird, odd, smoky smell. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> so, and the lights are... I don't like that. <laughs> the lights are not working for whatever reason in the house. I don't know if it was because... He was doing the renovation, or if it's because the electrical box got smashed. Because it's a very scary story. Because it's a very, very scary story. And, uh, you know, there's kind of plastic hung up because he's doing the renovation. But they walk in, and the living room is in total disarray. There's paint on the floor. Um, Brett's wallet that is like, like the credit cards and stuff that were in it is spread all over the couch. And it, it just is weird. And... So it's not easy to see as they're walking in, you know, it's sticky on the floor and they're like, why? There's paint everywhere. And then they take a closer look and realize it's blood and paint. Oh, so God. now they're really on high alert. Yeah. So they continue to the house and they go to, I guess they were headed maybe to his bedroom, but they hit that bathroom first that he's doing the renovation on. Yeah. And as they approach the bathroom, they see a man's legs. Oh, no. And they go around the corner, and they can see there is a body. And um, the body has been wrapped a little bit in plastic. Yeah. But you can still see that it's a body. Yeah. Well, if you see legs, it might indicate there's a body. Right. The, the problem was is it was missing 
its fingers and thumbs. Oh, no. And it did not have a head. <gasps> what? I know. No way. Yes way. Ew, 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 ew. I know. Ew. So, I can't. No. I know. See why I didn't complain about my neighbor? Don't say a word. No. Oh, my I, God. I mean, we might be taking him to her, it, she, Anybody. they, them, the Scotty after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just yeah. saying. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, we don't. We're just giving out the Scotty <laughs> randomly to all the people on your floor. Right. So, oh. immediately, um, Chris and... Brett's mother run out of the trailer and she uh, calls 911. And there is actually, there are actually people out there who've been very cruel about her call to 911. Clearly, what? this woman was in total and complete shock because she called 911 and she said, I think that my son has been killed. Okay. And the 911 operator says, Can you give me more information? She says, Yes. Well, I see the legs look like they belong to my son, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure because there's no head. And the 911 operator says, What? And Chris's, uh, Brett's mom actually kind of giggles a little bit. Yeah, and she's, she's like, she's, There's no head. Because truly, at first, she and Chris were thinking, This is a Halloween thing. This is like a prank or something. Mm. It's just. It just didn't that seem real. Horrifying. No, so, I wouldn't think it was real either. I'd be like, sure, look at that. Somebody done put a, a headless body in your tongue. Right. So the 911 operator says, okay, we've got police coming. Well, they're still a little bit worried because they're thinking that somewhere in the house there's a fire. So they go back in and they walk into the kitchen. The stove is on. The oven is on. Oh, gosh. And there is the... Like a black, so it was a white stove. Mm -hmm. And there's this black sticky residue all over it. And there's burning all the way up the wall behind it. Wow. So they know something inside is burning. Oh, no. And they no. grab that oven door and open it. No. And they're like, what the heck is that? That's something weird is happening to our recording device over there if you would just take a quick look at it oh yeah it's fine it's just saying low battery it's oh, fine. oh dear i better i better hurry it up yeah okay so okay. they open the oven door they pull back a little bit of course and the smell is horrendous pull it back a little bit please don't say it's the head it please is the freaking it. head it is her son's head burning in the oven it had been wrapped in like newspaper and like bath mat rugs or whatever, and it is smoldering in the oven. That's disgusting. I know. So that's that smell that Ooh, they were smelling. That is the smell that they were smelling. So um, the police come and they start doing their investigation and they're collecting evidence. They can see, you know, there's paint all over the place. Clearly somebody has tried to cover up the crime, but they don't have a lot of evidence. But on October the 6th, Brett's neighbor, William, gets picked up and arrested for the vandalism charge on the electrical box. Oh. So they have him in jail, and they suspect that he could potentially have something to do with the murder, yeah. but they don't know. Now, 
at the scene, they have found uh, a bracelet that they now know belonged to William, mm -hmm. and they find splatters of the same color paint that was in Brett's house on William's steps leading into his trailer. Okay. Um, and they were both renovating. And they did find a, like a dingy, disgusting sock like that had been dropped, maybe. Ew. Yeah. So, right, and it had blood on it. And they did, they tested, and the DNA on the inside of the sock told them that it belonged to William. Ugh. All right, so we've got William is now in jail. And he says, I did not have anything to do with that murder. That's uh -huh. like, I would never do that. Who said that? William. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't cut off somebody's never. head and put it in the oven, for God's sake. God, do you think I am? Yeah. Um, so they were able to keep him in jail on the vandalism charge. Uh -huh. And it wasn't until almost a year later, August 17th of 2009, uh -huh. that they actually got a big break in this case. Uh -huh. When... William had gotten out on bail uh -huh. for the electrical box charge. Oh, yeah. He went back to the trailer uh -huh. and moved out. He, like, packed his stuff and he was leaving. Okay. Then he had to go to court for the vandalism thing and he had to go to jail. Okay. In the meantime, while he's gone, somebody else moves into the trailer. Oh. Well, William's trailer. Okay. And they're going, they've gone in and they're going to do some renovations. And they're going to, they've decided they're going to like rip the carpet up, put in new um, air ducts, the whole nine yards. So this guy is in there doing his renovation work and he happens to notice in the closet and the air duct, there are two black trash bags full of stuff. Oh, and knowing what had happened in that area, he was like, I'm just going to call the police. I wonder if he knew what had happened in, well, yeah, in that area. The yeah, yeah. Okay. keep going. So the police come and they pull out those trash bags. The bags contained shoes, bloody rags, and clothes that had bleach and blood stains on them. Um, and one of the items of clothing is the match to the sock that they had found uh -huh. before. So now they're able to, to tie William to the bags of clothes yeah. and the bloody stuff. In addition to the DNA that they have, they also have some recorded phone calls that William made from jail. Here we go, people. Everything you do in jail is recorded. It's recorded. That's exactly right. So... But I'm thankful that people that go to jail are dumb. Not only a lot of times we figure things out because they're dumb. Right. So not only had he told the person that he was talking to on the phone that he had done it, he also wrote a couple letters and oh. said it in writing that he had done it. Well, who's he bragging to? Well, whoever it was had enough sense to bring the letters to the police and say, I think you guys are going to need this. <laughs> so the police now have... The letters, the phone calls, the DNA with the bag. They've yeah. got the um, the bracelet and 
the paint that matches what was inside Brett's house to, on the steps leading into William's trailer. So, on at this point, you know, I believe William's ship has sunk. He's in trouble. On October 15, 2009, William Perry pleads guilty to two counts of, uh, of aggravated murder, come on. aggravated robbery, he's aggravating me, aggravated burglary, gross abuse of a corpse, uh, that, and tampering with evidence. Oh my God. He pleads guilty in order to avoid the death penalty. Did he also plead stupid for telling people and writing it down? <laughs> no. I think that you should have to plead stupid about some of the things you do. Oh my God, I think that's a great idea. Yes. Oh, I, God, who can we talk to about that? I don't know. Does anybody know a judge that we can get to, to help us with this? Because yeah. this is a brilliant idea. I want to, Sir, you are guilty of murder. You're guilty of kidnapping. You're guilty of rape, abuse of a corpse. And now you have to tell the court what else are you guilty of. Being and dumb. And have to be, say being stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I think it's a great idea. Me too. So what, according to William, on the night of October 12th, 2008, he and Brett got into an argument in Brett's trailer. William beat Brett and strangled him to death. He then cut off Brett's head, wrapped it in some bath mats, and stuck it in the oven. He turned the oven on in hopes that it would catch fire and burn the oven. Ew! He's disgusting! He also cut off Brett's fingers and thumbs and put the Why? knife in Brett's chest. Why? Because they thought... He thought they won't know who he is? Right, but for whatever reason, he didn't put the fingers and the thumb in so, the oven. I, I'm not quite sure what his Well, I mean, again, was. this guy is guilty of not having really good follow-through as well. Yeah. He doesn't complete a job. Yeah. I wonder if the Marines know that about him. Well, I'm sure it's exhausting cutting off a head. Well, you know what? You have to pace yourself. I guess so. And I guess he didn't. I guess and he And I think he was probably <laughs> counting on that head catch on fire and burn down the place. And then to throw everybody off, he puts the knife in the chest. So what the, what, the, how does that throw anybody off? Because he was strangled. So then they're thinking, oh my God, he was stabbed in the chest and that's how he died. But that's oh my God, he, he was stabbed in the chest and his head fell off. Right. And all of his fingers did too. It was the craziest it was thing. A, that's a, that is one it was like an explosion. It's a, it's a cool knife that does that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like if you're cutting meat, you just put it in the meat and it all just falls on it the does. plate. It does. Nicely sliced. Oh my God, that would be great. Yeah, that's what he was using. Wow. Too bad he had to go to jail and couldn't patent that. Right. So he puts the chest in the body. I mean, the oh. knife in the body. Puts the chest in the body. Wraps the body in plastic and drags the body into the bathroom. Then he throws paint on the walls and the floor to hide the blood. And before he left, he stole the disability money out of Brett's wallet. He is a, he's a dirty, dirty, nasty man. I know. That's why they got him on the robbery charge. Then he cleaned up with bleach, put the clothes and other evidence in the trash bags and hid, hid them in the air duct. This just goes to show you, you don't know what your neighbors are capable no, of. You, you don't. just don't. You don't. And, and what? I, don't, I just don't think that they're, I mean, I wonder if people know that they're capable of doing something like that until they're doing it. Right. I, I don't know. I just don't know. But here's the thing. It turns out that William had an extensive criminal record, mostly involving his temper and drugs. Wow. He suffered from PTSD. Oh. He was on medication for PTSD. Yeah. He was an alcoholic. Um, he had had many, many run-ins with 
uh, neighbors in other areas, um, being drunk in a bar, getting mad because he got kicked out, and then shooting a gun through the window. Yeah. Um, but, oh, and he also... Did, he couldn't hold a job. So he got fired from his job doing hair. If only he could have found a carving job. I know. Like, I know. Like a, I don't know, a pig slaughterer or something. I don't know. Something. Something. Anyway, what happened to the three strikes and you're out rule? To, I, I don't mean, know. it I just, don't. I don't know. Something fell through the cracks. He was like a pressure cooker ready to blow. Yeah, he was. And it seems like when he was with Brett that, um, that his lid blew. It finally just steam built up, and then he just well, that let go. Well, that sucks because Brett didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve it. He didn't well, deserve it. He's a guy just trying to live his best life. He's on disability. He's got some challenges in his life, and he's just trying to do what he can. Right. And, you know, that poor niece of his. I know. Oh it's so sad. So William Perry was sentenced to 41 years to life in prison. Um, without the possibility of parole. Good. He has made several attempts to appeal his case, all of which have been denied. What are you appealing on? Oh, you know what they do. They're know, like, they, oh, they my actually, attorney didn't tell me this. I didn't realize is, what was going to yeah, happen. They get so guilty. many appeals automatically. Right. So I was on medication. So I had I PTSD. I didn't know what I was doing. This guy was really mean to me. Which all probably would work had he not just strangled the man and beaten him to death. He then cuts Mutilated off his, him, right, tried to, cuts his head off and puts it in a yeah. freaking oven. And like, then steals his money. And then takes his money. That's just so mean. Can you just kick me when I'm down, please? Yeah, well, exactly. So, that's so anyway, disgusting. that is the case of Brett Smith and William Perry in Canton, Ohio. Campton? Campton? Can, Canton. 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 C-A-N-T-O-N? Correct. Okay. Thank you. I needed to know. All right. I need to know where not to go. No. Just stay out of Ohio. Sorry, Ohio. We have listeners in Ohio. What if we want to go visit them? Well, I'd like to know where it is they live and how many murders have happened in their Well, we'll do all that research first. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a watchdog. I'm not letting any of that shit go by. Exactly. So what's happening with your biscotti? Okay. So this has been very challenging. So, God only knows what's going to happen. It smells good. It does smell good. Um, the dough was really, really sticky. Stickier than I anticipated. So, I've got some dough stuck to your ca- counter over there. I'm a so scraper. Even, I know. So, even trying to handle it, it's very sticky. I, I really had a hard time kneading it. I'm not sure. I'm sure I was supposed to knead the flour into it so it wasn't so sticky, but I was having a hard time. So, and then what you do is you form these logs. Now, I split it into two, eight, about eight-inch logs. Um, and then I've got one in there baking now. It bakes for 25 minutes, and when it comes out, it cools. And then you, um, once it cools for about 10 minutes, you slice it lengthwise, and then you lay those pieces on their side. You reduce the heat to 325, and then you bake them again. That's that's what dries them out. And does this, is this one going to have any kind of an icing on it? It or doesn't have on? an icing. No, but it's got the chocolate pieces in it. Oh my so God. they'll be melty. Yeah. Hopefully. So. Um, yeah, so it's in the oven right now. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I think it'll be great. I'm sure it will be wonderful. Yeah. So um, I'm going to try to pause this. I don't know if I know how to. So um, 
I'm going to use this little thing, and hopefully it's just going to pause and, and pick back up. And for those of you that are not on our fan page and not seeing this, that we are actually doing a video, you're hearing the recording. But, yeah, you're hearing the um, recording, we're, but we can pause the We're going to pause too. you, too. Yes. <laughs> All right, one, two, three, pause. And we're back. There we go. Yay! Technology. Oh my gosh. Sometimes it just gets the best of me. So, all right. I'll tell you where we are with the biscotti. All right. Um, it's still in the oven. It's gonna. You'll hear the timer go off. Then you're gonna switch out my pans because I have it in, on two pans. Okay. And that other one that you're gonna bring out is gonna cool for about ten minutes. Okay. And then, um, once that has cooled, we take a serrated knife, which I hope you have. And we cut it lengthwise, and then we flip them over on their sides, and then we are going to put it back into a 325-degree oven. And then um, that will cook for, I think it's 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. So. I don't retain information for that length of period time. Yeah. So What I need have to, to know me. is serrated knife. I got it. Okay. That's what I need to know. Yeah. Everything else I can say. And if you're through. watching the video and you're just kind of curious... The black box that sits there at the edge of my counter. Is, That's our sound box. It's our sound box. It's where we keep the uh, microphone. Yeah, but it cuts down on feedback. It's got some foam in it. It's actually um, an initials ink box that I bought that you use it for storage. And I just flipped it over. And it actually, on one side of it, it says making waves. <laughs> so that's us. We're making sound waves. And I don't know if you can see farther back in the background, but Trout's back there trying to get himself comfortable. So. Well, let's just hope the game's all here. Yes, we're and back. We're ready. And yes, and I'm going to talk about some more murder. I'm going to drink some water. Okay, fine. So um, this is happening in Libertyville, Illinois. All right. Not Illinois. No. Mm -mm. It's Illinois. Okay. I'm going to try not to scrunch up my nose with my glasses. Okay. And <laughs> this is called the Mansion Murders. Ooh. I know. So murders. Yep. Oh, wow. Kind of. Okay. So, okay. So, Bruce and Darlene Rouse were married. They had three children. Mm. Kurt, Robin, and Billy. All right. Okay. They were a wealthy family, very well off. Did they live in a mansion? They, in fact, did. Wow. So, Bruce had invested in a string of gas stations mm. and a cable provider. Oh, well, that's very wise. Yes. And he was very successful. Yeah. Um, he worked very hard, and Darlene raised their children while Bruce worked to sustain their um, fortune and extravagant lifestyle. They lived in a 13-bedroom house, 13 wow. bedrooms, not 13 rooms, 13, 13 bedrooms. Wow. Yes, and they were on a sprawling estate. And their last name was Rouse? Rouse. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. Um, I want to know what it looked like. That's true. You might want to look at it. So, Kurt was 20, mm -hmm. Robin was 17, and Billy was 15. Okay. Spaced okay. out nicely. Pretty nicely. Robin, bless her heart, middle child, I already feel bad for. Oh, God. So, like I said, they were well-known in the community. They were prominent, but they had rebellious boys. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, Kurt, the oldest one, actually lived in a guest cottage on the property because he liked his heavy metal music. Oh. Oh, and partying, wow. and he liked to do it loud and anytime he wanted. Mm. And he kind of had a like a rock band, kind of fledgling rock band, kind of like you know, really a garage band. Right. So, um, 
so he actually moved into the cottage, but it wasn't without some bitter feelings because evidently when they, when he moved out, they changed the locks. And so he wasn't welcome to come and go anymore on in the house. Oh. Yeah. So um, why didn't they just build him a soundproof room so he could do his rocking and rolling? It didn't occur to them. Well, I understand, but Bruce was busy and Darlene was not handy. So yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, Robin and Billy still lived in the house. They stayed in the house with their parents. Billy also had his share of some problems. By the time he was in sixth grade, um, he had been sent to a school for kids with behavioral and learning problems. Mm -hmm. And he actually, um, in the sixth grade, one of, he had acted up, like people said since the age of four, he was trouble in the neighborhood, vandalism, that kind of stuff, petty crimes. But in the sixth grade, he pulled the fire alarm at school falsely, and that got him expelled. And then they sent him to this school. I mean, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Can you tell me how much time is left on that timer? Did, did You did set like, it. Two okay. minutes two or minutes, something. Okay. I just felt like I smelled burning. Well, you could check it. You could check it if you wanted. It wouldn't hurt my feelings. Continue on. Yes. So, anyway, um, allegedly, he also set his father's bed on fire at one time. Oh, my. Saying that he craved his father's attention and would do anything to get it. So, he got pissed off at his dad one time and, and set the bed on fire. It, the bottom of it needs to be kind of formed. Okay. It is. Okay. I would take it out then. Hi. Okay. So, um, the rumors were that the house, that what was happening inside the house was not always, you know, a happy family and that Bruce was um, looked at as a workaholic dad that drank too much and rumors had it that he allegedly abused Darlene. Oh, wow. Physically. So, June 6, 1980, Bruce failed to show up for work, at, and which was highly unusual. How long do I need to put it in? For? I would do in for like 18. 18? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So on June 6th, Bruce failed up, failed to show up for work, which was highly unusual. I'm sorry. What in God's name is happening? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought that I needed to put this biscotti in the oven. No. This is the one I took out. And so it's, you grabbed the pan it. It's very hot. Yeah. Okay. That's so brilliant. The biscotti is in the oven, and I'm looking now for a serrated knife. Okay. So, so Bruce didn't come to work. No, and that was highly unusual because he usually started his day by 5.30 in the morning every single day of the week. So an employee calls the house to check on Bruce. Billy answers the phone and says he will go get his father and bring him to the phone. And then all hell breaks loose. And there's lots and lots of screaming and yelling. And they could hear both of the children screaming and yelling. And then the phone goes dead. Oh, Lord. So, first responders show up and find Robin and Billy completely distraught, and a gruesome crime scene was in the main bedroom of the house. Oh, no. Yes. So, Darlene had been shot in the face as she was lying in bed. So, Bruce. Darlene. Darlene had been shot in the face as she was lying in her bed. Poor Darlene. Bruce was missing his lower jaw. And he had been beaten and stabbed. What? 
He was missing his lower jaw. Missing his lower jaw. So he was beaten so bad the jaw came off? That's not what I said. So they were both pronounced dead at the scene. Kirk was asleep in his cottage when Billy ran to tell him, and he awoke to Billy telling him his parents were both dead, and then there was a police officer that came right behind Billy pointing a gun right at Kirk. Oh. Right. Suspect number one, the kid that lives in the house on the property. So officers were at the scene and they're processing the scene and the other kids are there and they get the kids together and they start taking them off and trying to question like what happened and they're trying to separate them and stuff to try to figure out what's going on. Within 30 minutes, some other relatives show up and they tell the police, you're not talking to these children without attorneys. And they got them legal counsel immediately. Right. So, um, I mean, that's smart. Yes. So while they were questioning the kids, they did find out that the locks were seldom locked on the house. It, they always had the doors unlocked. So what was the point of changing the locks and telling Kurt he he couldn't come and go and not giving him a key? And then they never locked the door. So, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's what the kids said. So um, Robin said she had been in a school dance and had come home around midnight and had gone straight to bed. And Billy said he had gone out with friends and um, he had arrived home sometime after midnight. He wasn't sure of the time, but he had gone straight to his room. It was not something that they would go and not like our mom that you had to go and tell her goodnight right. and turn the light off next to her bed. That is not how it happened in this house. You just went home. And Which went is bed. why we're still alive. I agree. I agree. Yes, I agree. Okay. <laughs> so... Kurt said that he had gone out with his girlfriend, and um, then after he his date, he had gone back to his cottage for the remainder of the night. So all three kids are saying we we were in our places with bright shiny faces. Right, right. Um, so when the coroner's report came back, the the deaths were pinpointed to between two and three a.m. Okay. So now everybody has said I was home by midnight. Right. And you didn't hear somebody shoot your mother in the right. face? Didn't hear anything, nothing. So um, after that, after the, the relatives said we're going to get legal counsel for the children, the police did not pursue them anymore as suspects at the time. They decided they were going to look at all the angles, which I appreciate. Yeah. I really appreciate that they said they didn't get tunnel vision. Right. So um, they addressed some rumors that the killings were a, a professional hit mm-hmm. because it had been thought that Bruce had mafia connections. Ooh. And, um, yep, so they poured over Bruce's financial accounts, and they found out that they couldn't make any connection between Bruce and the mob. Ah. So this was not a hit. Six weeks into the investigation, Billy asked to speak with the investigators at headquarters. So he he initiated it. And after, and he wanted to see the crime scene pictures. So after reviewing the crime scene pictures, Billy points out that his mom's jewelry box and his dad's guns were missing out of the home in the bedroom. So something that I guess the police didn't even know what to look for. Right. Yeah. They didn't know. So there were some guns there, but there were some guns missing and Billy was able to pick up exactly what was missing out of the photos. So that was very helpful. Yeah. So I know that was really good. And obviously Billy's trying to figure out who did this. So um, they were saying, so now the police are thinking this motivation is robbery. 
because they took her jewelry box and they took the guns. Right. Um, so, and the Rouses were very well known to be affluent. They certainly. I just want you to know, if somebody takes my jewelry box, they're going to be so very disappointed. Oh, first of all, <laughs> my jewelry box doesn't even have half my jewelry in it. Right. And they are going to be very disappointed because ain't nothing worth nothing in there. No. Like, I don't think you could get $10 for the whole lot. No. No. I think so. the box itself is probably worth more than Not mine. Inside. The handles have fallen off of it. So, mine's really old. I got it for my first Christmas from my husband. Oh, right. So, it's been with me for a really long time. Yeah. So, they're going to be disappointed. So, anyway, something that did bother investigators was that during the brief period, that the day of the discovery of the bodies, um, and they were questioning the kids, Robin had very quickly mentioned that she felt like one of her brothers had something to do with this. Oh, dear. So, it kept kind of bothering them, but they didn't have enough evidence to go question the kids, and they knew that they were under legal counsel, so you have to have a reason, right? because those lawyers are very protective. So they just kind of left it alone, But and she never saw, she never said like why she thought it was one of them, or which one she thought it was. It was just kind of a, mm, one of my brothers might have done, might have had something to do with this. Right. But that was it, and she wasn't going to give up any more information. And she was just guessing, really. Yeah. That was just a gut feeling. So... Investigators had nothing else to go on. And so four months later, two bags of, two like garbage bags are found in a river by a guy that was out hunting. Hmm. And the hunters, oh my God, they always, they find, always stuff. find stuff. I feel so bad for I them. Wouldn't, I, I maybe would rethink. Well, hunt. the good news is you got a gun in case you come across something that's going to hurt you. I guess. But some things you can't unsee. Mm-mm. So they found these trash bags. They reported the trash bags to police. The police went and got them. And in the trash bag, there was a rifle that ended up belonging to Bruce and um, Darlene's purse Mm -hmm. and her jewelry were in this bag. I thought for sure you were going to say it was his jaw. It's not his jaw. (laughs) It's not. It's just missing. His jaw is missing. Missing. So, but the crazy thing is, is all of the jewelry was just costume jewelry. Mm. So you would think somebody affluent. She probably had a safe where she kept her good well, stuff. Duh, yeah. yeah. And then this jewelry box just sat there. But you're robbing a place and you think this is the jewelry box. I'm going to haul off all the diamonds and jewels and then you get nothing. So anyway, these were found in the river. They also um, drug the river and found the rest of the shotguns that were missing of bruises. So everything had been thrown in the river and there were some dirt, uh, some bloody clothes in there too. But because the clothes had been submerged in water for so long, and this is 1980, there was, there were no viable fingerprints or DNA pulled off of any of it. Wow. Right. So they don't, they still don't have any leads. So, Eventually, each child received a payout of life insurance, and they each got about $300,000 out of Bruce and Darling's life insurance policies. And um, at that point, the kids just kind of dispersed on their own. They just kind of all went their separate ways. Kurt moved. I can't remember where he moved to, like West Virginia or somewhere, and got married and, like, took his inheritance and started a new life. Um, Same thing with Robin. She moved away and finished school somewhere else. So did Billy. Um, so they just kind of dispersed. I don't even know that they kept up with each other at that wow. point. I think it was just a very traumatic situation. Wow. That's 
crazy. Yeah. So three years later, Robin contacts investigators and sets up an appointment to go in and talk with them. She had something to say and she wanted to tell them in person. Um, unfortunately, the day before she was supposed to meet with the investigators, she died in a car accident. I know. Oh, my God. It was a one-car accident, and she lost control of her car and was killed. What? Yes. Never connected to the murders. What? It was just happenstance. Oh, my God. I just can't get over it. I can't get over it. Yes. So police are left wondering, what did Robin have to tell us? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So, in 1995, 15 years after the slayings, Billy is in Key West. Mm -hmm. He's gone through his entire inheritance. Mm -hmm. He is living on a dysfunctional, rundown houseboat. Mm -hmm. He is well-known in the area for committing petty crimes. Um, Yeah, like passing bad checks and... um, some petty robberies like thieving thieving. He was a thiever. He was a thiever. He was such a thiever. Thiever. <laughs> he had thiever fever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, he had turned to petty crimes to support himself. Oh, okay. And he just was not living his best life. Right. He wasn't. So he decides, um, so wait, let me back up. Back it up. Back it up. Okay. So he gets arrested in a in a bank heist where he and his friends robbed a bank and got $5,000, he and one friend, and they get arrested and they get put in jail. Okay. So while he's sitting in jail, he's talking to um, the Key West officers and said, you know, I really have something to tell these officers back in Illinois. I feel like they should hear from me. And they're like, okay. So they called the guys in Illinois and said, there's this, you know, honky cat. I don't know what to call him. Like he's a, what do you call him? Like a, I mean, here's this turkey bird, whatever. Here's this guy. I'm trying to give him a nickname. (laughs) I'm trying to give him a nickname. It's not coming. It's not. It's a turkey bird. Here's this dumbass sitting in jail, and he wants to talk to y'all. We don't know what it's about. And they said, okay. So what they do is they set up a video conference thing. Oh, my God. And so he starts talking to them about, you know, what happened with his parents. And so they decide they need to fly down and speak to Billy in person. Hmm. They said, hold up. Don't say another word. Hold up, turkey bird. We're coming. (laughs) (laughs) You know that song, Get Back, Honky Cat? (laughs) Isn't that song? derelict person. I don't know what a honky cat is. It's probably something illegal at this point. I'm going to get arrested any minute now. Okay. So, la la la. They taped their interview with Billy. And in this interview, Billy admits to killing his parents. Damn it, Billy. And he wants to tell them what happened. So, And he's the youngest, right? He's the youngest. He's the one that had behavioral and learning issues and was in the special school and That kind of stuff. Mm, mm, mm. He said that that night he had argued with his mom because she had detected alcohol on his breath and they got into an argument about it. And she told him, go ahead and do whatever you want to do because we're getting ready to ship you out to military school. And he was mad. 
So what every mad teenager does, he goes to his room and he drinks more alcohol and takes mushrooms. Oh, that makes sense. That solves all the problems. Yes, that makes sense. This is what happens when your kids have too much time and too and much too money. much freedom and too much money too to much spend, money. and that you're not watching what they're spending. So, anywho, um, he was really mad at his mom. Uh, yeah. So he decided, as he's partying with himself, <laughs> that she has to go. She's got to go. So he's going to kill her. Okay. So he sneaks into their bedroom. Gets a shotgun. It's a 16 gauge shotgun, which I had never heard of, but it is. A, I had my my son looked it up for me because he's a gun nut, and he's like, "Yeah, it really it does. It's really a, it's a thing. It must be something rich people have. Perhaps I have no idea. It's probably some antique. So he sneaks in there. He loads the gun, and he sneaks right over to his mom, puts the gun at her face, and pulls the trigger. Doesn't she, think twice. She must have taken a very heavy sedative before bed. Yeah, I mean, some people are just really, I mean, even his dad didn't wake up. So they might just be heavy sleepers, or maybe he's just very stealthy. Maybe. He is a honky cat. Oh, my God. Please stop (laughs) saying that. Let's stay with turkey bird. Turkey bird. That's just dumb. And now that you told me about the head in the oven, I don't think I can look at a roasted turkey in an oven again. Because that's all I picture is a is a like a, a roaster pan that you put in with a bag. The, yeah, with the foil over it, and then it's a head instead of a turkey. I yeah. can't no turkey for Thanksgiving. So your kids are going to be really mad at me come Thanksgiving when they don't get a turkey. No, because they already said they don't want. They want an Italian themed. Oh, Thanksgiving. right, right, right. So, no Meatballs problem. it is. woo yes. It looks like it's meatballs and pizza. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so he pulls the gun, he pulls the trigger, and he shoots his mom square in the face. Unfortunately, that woke his dad up. Yeah, really? Did he think that wasn't going to happen? Oh, man. Dang, dad, why are you up? <laughs> so, his dad sits up and looks him square in the eye, and at that point, Billy says, and the trigger went off again. Accidentally, because he says I never was mad at my dad. Just, All I wanted was my dad's attention, but I needed my mom to go because right. she was a complete biatch, mm. packing me up and sending me out. So anyway, so he, when the trigger went off, it blew the bottom of his jaw off. Oh, sorry, Dad. It's like, dude, you're missing a little. There's a little something hanging. You're good. You're good. You're, you're good. Gonna though. be fine. So, and then he went over and beat his dad in the face and head with the butt of the gun. Oh, that, yeah. And and he wasn't mad at his dad. He wasn't. But this is what he said. I couldn't let him just be, lay there miserable. Well, why not kill him? Like, shoot him again. He ended up, no, he ended up stabbing him, too. He beat him with the butt of the gun. And then to make sure he was dead, he stabbed him 16 times. What if he could have just <laughs> shot him one more time and it would have been Sugar. over? These are the mushrooms talking. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Okay. Really? He can recall all of this and he was on mushrooms at the night? That's what he says. Okay. I don't know. Do mushrooms take away your memory? Does anybody know. know out there? I don't know. I don't, I've never done them and I don't want to. But I don't know. I just don't know that Billy's being truthful. Well, he's he's owning up to something now. For 15 years, he kept it a secret. Okay. So, anywho, I guess when he went to the police station and looked at the crime scene photos, he thought for sure that that he was going to lead them to go off on a trail and find some and pin this on somebody for robbery. Right. But they didn't, they didn't do it, especially once all the stuff was found. Right. It's like, dude, we found all the stuff. So it wasn't robbery was not the motive because they, they would have kept it. Right. 
maybe not the costume jewelry, they would have been pissed at that, but the rest of it. So anyway, um, so the okay. question now so, is, if you confess to a murder and they don't have any evidence, do you still, like what happens? Um, well, don't they still have to prove it? Not necessarily. Okay. Not if he confesses. So, and as long as he doesn't take that confession back, mm. which he didn't. Mm. I think at this point he was hungry and needed three square meals a day. Maybe. So, um, and then Billy adamantly swears that his siblings had nothing to do with the killings. They had nothing to do with it. So, um, the investigators that were interviewing him asked him if he regretted the murders. <laughs> and he said he was glad to be rid of all the fighting and the threats. But he felt really badly because it really messed up his sister. Oh, gosh. And that was something that he had a hard time living with was oh, the sweet. fact that it messed up his sister so badly. That's so nice. So in 1996, Billy was found guilty of double murder. So this one isn't as dark as the other. Well, no, yeah, Let me see. Get out the way. Yeah, I think it's good. Okay. Now put, it, put the oven on 325, please. Okay. So in 1996... Billy was found guilty of double murder. Okay. But listen to this. Okay. Because he committed the crimes as a juvenile, he could not be given the death penalty or life without parole. Oh, my God. Son of a, son of a, son of a. What the flipping? What? Isn't he smart? Asshole. So upon sentencing, the judge remarked that she was sickened that she could not give him a life sentence. Yeah. Second, so he received a sentence of two 40-year consecutive prison terms, okay, which means they have to run one and then the other. Right. So he cannot be eligible for parole until 2035, at which point he'll be 71. Right. But still, I mean, come on. Really? Good Lord. Yeah, that was a mess. That was a mess. It was a mess. Great. So. Well, uh, what's going to happen here now? So, I'm going to switch around, and then I'm going to cut that stuff like I need to cut it. Mm -hmm. Flip it over, and then I need to look. I need you to look at your phone and tell me how long I bake it on 325. Okay. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, Excuse me. I'm not even going to pause it right now. I think we'll just switch wild it. Wild and crazy. Things yeah. are wild and crazy. We right are. Now. We are wild and crazy. I don't want to pause it again. Because every time I pause it, I lose the video. Because I'm not handy. Not a handy dandy notebook. <laughs> All right. So, which, what else do we have going on? Why don't we talk about our social media stuff? Oh, hang on. Sa -da -sa, da -da -ba, 325. Flat. So you're going to do 10 minutes and then you're going to do 7 to 8 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah. And then 7 to 8, what do I do? I flip them over and do 7 to 8. So you're going to, you cut them into one inch slices. Okay. Then you're going to turn the biscotti over. No. No, no, no. Then you lay the biscotti flat side by side on the baking sheet. So I flip it over on its side? Flat side by side. Yes. 
And then you bake it for 10 minutes. Okay. And then it comes out. And then you turn it over. And bake it for another seven. Yes. Okay. So. Okay, social media. So. First, can I say something? Yes. Last week, we actually reached 6,000 downloads. I don't I know what's don't happening. I don't know. know how it's happening. I don't know who. I'm fine with not being in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a voice from beyond. Hello, hello. So um, that to me is just amazing. 6,000. Somebody listened to our little 6, podcast. 6,000 times somebody has listened to something. That's insane. I know. I so love it though. It's unbelievable. And I'm just over the moon grateful. And we feel so blessed and thankful yes. that people are still hanging in there with us. It's and we are actually getting happening. emails from people asking for recipes, telling it. us that they love our platform yes. and we love it and we're looking at doing amazing. some merchandise so y'all are the first to hear about us looking into maybe doing some merchandise like coffee mugs or t-shirts or phone cases yeah. or pop what are those things called pop sockets yeah pop sockets pop rocks i, I do like pop rocks i do too i love those yes, things and, um, and yeah i do so anyway um that could be coming soon yeah we're trying to work it so out so feel free to email us if you have a murder that you'd like for us to do research on and talk about or if you just want to tell us that you love us or you can ask us for some recipes that we've done or if there's a recipe that yeah. you don't want to try but you'd like for us to try yeah we'll be the guinea pigs we'd be more than happy to test it for we're you we're all about failure yeah so mm -hmm. um that email address is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com <laughs> we have a facebook page you can just do sugar sugar coated sugar coated murder fan page um and you can request to be part of the fan page we, we don't deny requests <laughs> We're not discerning. We love everybody. I mean, I guess if anything got really unruly, we... I guess know, we'd have to figure it out. Figure that out. But Nobody's unruly. They're no. all just so nice. Um, so we've got the fan page, and then there's just a business page that you can go in and like. But if you're on the fan page, you get to see the videos. You get to hear some of the sound checks if they're funny. Right. And you definitely get to see the videos. We also have posted... That other video out on YouTube. If anybody has a YouTube account, you can go out there. Yeah. And you can listen. You can listen. Ow. That's hot. That's really hot. That's hot chocolate right there. Um, you can listen to us on YouTube if yep. you like that. But there's also the video of us reading that book. Susie's it's, Balls. Yeah, about Susie's Balls. So, um, we've got more video that we're trying to produce, as you can hopefully see, because hopefully this is going to be a video. Yeah, we're really new to the video situation, so bear with us. We're, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. If you decide you don't like the video, you Let can always know. just go and listen to the sound. You don't have to watch the video. No, you don't. You can so. listen to the sound. And also, if, you, if you're if you a videographer, a professional videographer that can give us some tips and tricks. Or not even professional, but you've had experience with it. Yes. And you've got, you can give us tips and tricks. We'll take that. Um, only one of those pans I think is going to fit in the oven at a time. I know, that's got to cool a little bit more. Um, that's good though. Is it? The cherries are good. Oh, right. So, we've got that, we've got that. Oh, we've got a, what's our webpage? It is sugarcoatedpod.com. Sugarcoatedpod.com. You can listen right there. from there. You can listen to all of our episodes from there. 
We're on Apple, Spotify. You can ask the box at your home that starts with an A that I don't want to ask right now, but you ask her to play Sugarcoated Murder Podcast and she'll play the latest episode. Yeah, and I actually got that lady connected in my car now. And I can ask that in my car, and she will, in fact, play that podcast for me while I'm she will driving down the road. So, yes, um, I've really enjoyed that. Um, what else do we have? I don't know. Today uh, in see. Charleston, it's like first day back to school for our kids. Uh, We're praying for all the teachers and all the kids. Yes. We hope it goes smoothly. Um, Did you say smoothly? Is that what you said? <laughs> Smoothly? She said smoothly. She said smoothly. I mean, it's fine. I just didn't catch what you said. <laughs> she, okay. It, we, it smoothly, they um, and have a nice year. <laughs> I can't make eye contact with you right now. <laughs> anyway, we really just hope everybody has a good school year. That's mm -hmm. what we hope. That's what we hope. And I don't know what else. So I've got one can of biscotti in. It's laying on its side. It's going to cook for 10 minutes, which I didn't set the timer, but it's fine. Everybody don't worry about it. And then when it comes out, it's going to flip and do another seven minutes. And then it will be done. We will put pictures up. I can tell you that the, it, the batter tasted good, the chocolate and the cherry taste good. How it's going to taste all together is beyond me, but I'm... It looks really good. good. It, it looks, looks like biscotti. Good. It does look like biscotti. It's going to get drier. Yeah. So it's very chocolatey, which is a good thing. I do like chocolate. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. So, so other than that, I mean, it's just same old, same old around here. There's... We got a little break in the weather. It's cooling off. We've got two more named storms out in the Atlantic. Are you kidding? I didn't um, know that. Though it looks like they're probably both going to do a little curve up so that it isn't going to hit any any land. Oh, that's good. I think it's a P, and it's Paulette, and... Give me a P! And, P. Then, and then an R, whoever the R is after that. Roulette. Romeo. Or, Romeo. Where are thou, Romeo? I, I think they're both supposed to... Off, Hopefully so. they veer off and they don't touch anybody. But we've had a little break in the weather here. It's partly cloudy, not so humid, though my hair didn't get the memo on the not-so-humid <laughs> part. Um, yeah, mine either. Mine, I got big hair today. You know, end of the summer, kids back at school. And we hope everybody is doing well, that you're staying safe and you're washing your hands and you're wearing your masks when appropriate. Yeah. And we just hope that everybody is doing well. And let us hear from you. It's just insane that there is still a, a shortage of hand soap. There I've is. I've been to the store twice now, and there is no hand soap. It's a, I don't know, I have so, a whole conspiracy theory on it. It's so, so crazy. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the coin shortage. Oh, coin, coin schmoin. Whatever. Keep paying so. cash, people. <laughs> Keep paying cash. It's all good. It's fine. It's, it's all fine. fine. It's fine. Okay. All right. So there we go. We That's should cut this episode. off and we will let you know how the biscotti tasted. We can't taste it in front of you because it's too hot. It will burn our little mouths and we're delicate. We're cheese delicate flour. I mean, my mouth is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. Peace out. We love you. Stay sweet. Bye. And don't kill people. Yeah. Stay sweet and do not kill people because if you kill people, we will talk we're going to talk you. about you and we're not going to talk nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace Bye. out. Love you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.